Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Brian E. Roach. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and joining me to my side, as per mostly the usual, and we're only smiling for one reason, it's because we're doing a few takes to get this one going, because otherwise, I feel dejected. Mr. Brian E. Roach, how do you, how you doing? How many F-bombs can I drop before we have to re-edit again? Well, I don't like, I just don't like to drop the F-bombs. I don't think, I think like we could just be like total unleashed, uncensored and lots. Cause you know, most people don't know this. Like I'm the son of a trucker. You may be the son of a sailor or something. I don't know, but we Only spiritually, we partake in the F word quite freak. Well, you're, you've been married a very long time. You don't actually participate in the, in the activity of the F word, but saying the F word, <laughs> I hear you, my friend. So, no, Brian was, uh, he was channeling something from friends. And I was just like, you know what, Brian, let's just start over because this is already, this is going to be a train wreck enough of a show. If you didn't see the train wreck enough of a game, like, uh, let me, let me uh, where do so we even start? I'll, I'll re-channel it cleanly. Okay. Um, I ate a pint of effing ice cream. Okay. That's what that's how this game made yeah, me feel. Yeah, but that quote you, isn't from Friends. You said it was Chandler or whatever, right? Chandler it was like, says you can't say one, in one episode of Friends, Chandler Bing says after his heart is broken, li- admittedly it's over a girl, not over a football team. He's like, "Is it time for the good ice cream now? Do we get to have the good ice cream?" Yeah, but he didn't say the f bomb though. You like added that. It's a TV show. We can't flavor. say the F bomb. This is but back th- th- in the th- days th- th- when you th- couldn't say anything be, bad on TV. Trying to be family friendly programming here. That means like we have tried not to like drag players and coaches and owners and front office people through the mud. We've tried to be like we could probably get like accused of being too much sunshine and rainbows sometimes. Like if not there was the last ever, three weeks, no, if there was any, any time, if there was ever any time to drop an F bomb, <laughs> it would be to describe whatever the F this game. Well, it was a cluster. You know what? So F-bomb. yes. Well, it's like the workplace environment. I still don't think it's like you could just go and drop F bombs. So, and if somebody's listening I to us that in that environment or with tiny ears or something like that i know there's people that drop into comments but you know there was one time where i took the lord's name in vain and somebody got all over me on it so i i try to keep it as clean as possible plus you know what like i don't know contrary to what nicholas cage says in that swear words documentary i don't really think it helps you any to just repeatedly cuss sometimes even though i'll still do it off air but there was plenty of that watching this game if i had a phone brick real brick i'd have to go buy a new tv because i think i could have broke a tv with the foam brick even like even just like the spongy ones (laughs) i this is this is the thing at this point i feel like this team has broken me because i stopped cursing at at some point in the game i stopped cursing just because i was like what's the difference what's the point there's not why bother (laughs) so on that note we talked about the potential of Mason Rudolph coming in this game and Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen needs to do a little more homework when he's doing this play by play, getting players' names and stats and other things wrong. And well, even between like the two of them saying things like they're playing into the, ste- the strength of the Steelers. I'm like, what? 
where where's the strength of this team what well, I'll tell you where it's not. It's right there. And that leads well, that into my yeah, for sure. too little, like too late kind of thing. I said, I tweeted this out just like you just tweeted that out. I said, what would it hurt to just see what Mason's got at this point? Third quarter, put the guy in. No, instead, you live in your fears. This is a team. We don't live in our fears. You punted the freaking football 15 yards instead of letting Boswell indoors. I know he missed an extra point. It's just like a, everything's a microcosm. How much of that too is Presley Harvin, by the way, the missed extra point. Like that was something that came to mind. It's like, sometimes you don't want to change the punter because they're the holder and everything else like that. Brad wings been around, like, bring that guy back from wherever he went, just went off back off to probably just sitting at home, uh, wrapping Christmas gifts, uh, probably a better use of his time. They punt and you just know this game's over. Like, Tomlin's fighting for field position. I think that's where that comment came from, by the way, where they were like, oh, well, they're just playing into the strengths of this defense. What strength is left on this defense? They don't have it any inside. The running. It was the running part. They're running down their throats, and the, and Rich Eisen goes, they're playing into the strength of the Steelers' defense, and they're still they're, – they're just manhandling them. I'm like, this team doesn't have a strength right now. No, they this lost – doesn't have one. They lose to Monte Casey – because Gardner Minshew throws more than one pass to lay his guy out into a danger zone. Casey didn't even come helmet first. He'll probably even get fined for just playing football. Just wait until they get rid of the hip drop tackle, Brian. Then you're just might as well put flags on them or just let the referees influence the game the entire way, right? Uh, like that, the, it was more the ejection than the actual penalty or the flat. Like in full time, real time, I could see different angles. But then they were like, you could see. You know, you could see and you could hear the hit and where? No, I couldn't. Like I saw it in real time. And then you guys keep showing the sidelines. You keep showing anything. You don't want to show like an injured player on the field. I get that. The scoreboard pans way too in this in the Steelers stadium. They don't even run like stats or ads while someone's hurt. They're respectful of that. 100% agree with that. But then there was like no replay. And then you got the replay like five minutes after the dude was ejected. And, was, and, and, and I'm like... Wait a minute. There was like no discussion as to whether or not this should be an ejection. I get defenseless player, but how, when does that ever get thrown on the offensive player? So regardless of that, like, I don't really want to cry over that. That could be right. It could be wrong. Whatever. Leave it as it may be. That's one guy you lose. Then Minka Fitzpatrick, whatever happened to him again now. On the he, very next play. Yeah. Lose him now. Trenton Thompson gets hurt at some point as well. You already got uh, Michael Walker. Your Landon Roberts has been playing banged up. Like for your inside libraries, they've got no safety. So exactly what we said would end up happening. Mo Ali Cox gets a touchdown and they just kind of did anything they wanted to. Uh, the Colts did that was to the Steelers offense at one point. Gardner Minshew, 18 of 28 uh, for uh, that was 64.3% completed, 215 yards, three touchdowns, a 123.4 rating. You might ask yourself, how does that differ from Mitchell Trubisky? Oh, well, Mitchell Trubisky completed a higher percentage of his passes, 16 to 23, but only 169 yards. He had the one touchdown and two picks and lots of other just not so good play. It could be as safe as you want with the ball. He's not uh, at other times. It's just, it's, it's just mind numbing. So you get to a point in the game where Mike Tomlin's going to say, well, you guess what? Look, Mason, you're going in. Finally, we're going to give you some reps. It's been two years and what? What in the F does it matter? There's two minutes left. This team is already lost and you've already packed it in because you didn't kick the field. You kicked the field goal before. Where did you think you were going to punt the ball? 
Did it matter if you gave them the the ball at the, in the middle of the field, like where they were kicking probably from like their forty five or something? I'll pull it up on the game board. Like, what what does it matter there? You gained not even twenty yards, and Rich Eisen even said that it was like like three two plays later they were already further out than where they had originally punted. You did not move or flip the field whatsoever. There was no field to flip because you were already getting there. That makes no sense to me. Either of those coaching decisions, along with all the bad play. All the penalties. Anytime you had something positive, it was back the truck up. Um, Mitch Trubisky holding on to the ball too long. Mitch Trubisky throwing off his back feet. I think there was a comment made. Does, was it did Mitch Trubisky ever throw off of a solid stance in the last three games? I'm not sure he ever has. Best throw he had on the run to Deontay Johnson for yeah. like 26, 28 yards, whatever that was. It was like maybe even a third or fourth down, uh, third and long that yep. they got that on. Might have been fourth so, and long, even. Yeah. I mean, Maurice Jones drew at halftime, NFL Network uh, covering this game. It said something to the effect of, you know, Mitchell Trubisky got to do this or that because it's not looking like he is an NFL starting quarterback. Well, newsflash, MJD. He's not a starting quarterback. And he probably shouldn't be a backup either. Uh, this is what I'm saying. I've never felt like so dejected. Now, you, you go on social media, Brian, and everybody's already harping all over Mike Tomlin. And it's like, Tomlin's going to say he's going to own it. He's not going to call out individual players. He's not going to throw anybody under the bus. He's not going to put the locker room into dissension and have people banging, clashing heads with one another. And another guy, too, that, you know, avoided to talk to the media is Najee Harris. He's wearing his heart on his sleeve. It's like, good for Najee. I know some people will see that, it, it, take that in a negative light or the way George Pickens was leading into the week. They're frustrated because I know that these players – they feel that they could do better. Oh, we forgot Cam Hayward went in a concussion protocol. Another yes. guy they lost at some point, too. It's like, what are you supposed to do, offensively or defensively? It's just a struggle all the way around. Then you can't punt or kick, apparently, either. So, um, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, you know, yes, Tomlin is going to own this. And look, the, the truth of the matter is, this is his team. He has to own this. Um, it doesn't, you know, we know realistically, logically, we can feel and understand, you know, they, they are, they're playing guys off the street at inside linebacker. They're playing guys at safety who probably can't make the 53 man roster on any other team in the NFL again, through attrition, you know, we the defense is in shambles because of this. If Cam, I don't know when Cam went out. I don't know if Cam played the whole game and was put in concussion protocol after. Um, I had disconnected enough not to be paying attention. But uh, let's, you know, you, you lose Cam. And again, what what's left there, right? And the defense is, is a mess. There's just no question about it. That's a perfect example right there in the image that we're showing. Yeah. Sir, Trey Sermon. Ohio State guy, we know him, right? On his third team, second yeah, or third, third team? team, third string running back gets eighty-eight yards against us, and in a way, so I've been, I was, I've talked to several different people, uh, you know, either through the Twitter, the X, whatever it's called, as well as you know the normal text messaging that's now old school versus uh, you know chatting in the DMs and whatnot. Anyway, I, you know, here's the thing. The, the last two losses, the two and ten team losses, they were bad. They were embarrassing. But at no point did you feel like the Steelers' defense was just being bullied. 
This yeah. game was a kick to the crotch. It was, you know, if you thought we were at rock bottom after the Patriots game, welcome to another level of hell. <laughs> this is, that was, that was, to me, more embarrassing to the pride of this organization to have them run 14 run plays and essentially just stomp on your manhood all the way down the field. I don't, I don't, you know, Mike Tomlin has to own some of this. And, you know, we, we spent the last episode, well, maybe not the last one, the episode two episodes back, basically saying is Mike Tomlin on the hot seat. And I came at the end of that and I said, if he doesn't win all four games, I think that there is, there is every chance he could find himself uh, off, uh, off the junket. I don't know how, how does Art Rooney sell season tickets? I mean, he's going to sell. They're going to sell out. Let's not get let's not get foolish here. There's been enough people waiting on the list that will just. I mean, I waited for them. 17 years or something <laughs> like that. So you know, it is. Yeah, you know, they're going to sell tickets, but how do you sell an extension to Mike Tomlin? And you cannot let him coach on his last season without something else being in place because as we talked about you can't hire an offensive coordinator nobody wants to come when the when the coaching status is uncertain you can't get a new defensive coordinator you're going to have trouble finding free agents if they can't if they don't know that there's stability within what's going on you don't let a coach coach on his last season now you know all that all that talk about trade tomlin i I don't necessarily disagree with that at this point. If you're not going to extend him, if you're not sold on Tomlin at this point, you know, call up Washington, call up Carolina and go, Hey, you want to coach? Nah, you know what? I, I do find it a little preposterous. I think still without Mike Tomlin, this team wins two games, period. They probably earlier I'm in the year. I'm not disagreeing with that at all. Yeah. Uh, what look I'm at, saying is yeah. they need to win two games. That you know, this is a team that needs to be blown up. Yeah, I, I texted that to you after the game. Blow it up. Well, it's easy it's to blow up when you got guys like Michael Walker and Tyler Trenton Thompson. You got or guys what? like George Pickens who are moving out yeah. of the way of defenders instead of blocking. It's not just Deontay. Well, it's yeah, system it, it's systemic within this team right now. The lack of effort. You're going to see. This is going to get massive Twitter play. The, well, the, 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 you, uh, let's talk about that there. How do you coach guys up mid game as injuries pile up, as you're not being successful, as you let this slip, you were up 13 to nothing. Um, and, and then just, you know, they, they gave up 30 unanswered points. I mean, at one point it, it, it goes to your morale, but this is, this is a play that occurred before all that. Yeah. I mean, it, <clears throat> It's problematic, right? It's just problematic. This is, it, again, it's systemic, and we've seen it all season long. Deontay half-assing stuff, and now we're going to have more evidence of, of Pickens doing the same thing. We've already called out his level of immaturity and other things that are going on. Uh, I, you know, I love George Pickens as a potential talent, and I don't want to get rid of – I'm not saying get rid of George Pickens. But at this point, you've got to start saying, where's – Where's what we keep, right? Where where are the Steelers on this team? Do you remember that in the olden days, in the olden days of, you know, what, five, six years ago, <laughs> when draft day came around, we are looking for guys who are Steelers. 
where are the Steelers on this team outside of TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Cam Hayward? Maybe, maybe Keanu Benton. I'm willing to to be sold on that one. Maybe Larry Ogunjobi. I'm willing to be sold on that one. Go to the offensive side of the ball. Where's one? Nobody right now. Um, I thought Najee might have got there at some point. Try to be a leader. You you don't have anybody at the quarterback position because you can't keep anybody in there consistent enough. Let's throw out a statistic here. And this goes to losing all these inside linebackers. Steelers did allowed one touchdown to tight ends in their first 11 games. It gets better tight ends probably too. Yeah. And now five to that position in the last four games. It's no surprise that I told you I was sick to my gut once I knew Paul Holcomb down, Quan Alexander down, and I just did one of these put my head down and I'm like we're going to be so worried and so fixated on the offensive side of the ball that you're going to lose sight of now everything else <laughs> basically and uh there's some changes that's got to be made I really people think I'm crazy I don't think the team's too far away but I don't know what you get to do with some of the coaching like uh people are going to be up in arms if they promote Eddie Faulkner as an OC they'll be up in uh, playbook they still got to deal with the garbage that's there with very little that they could do. Probably the closest thing they had was the Pickens uh, uh, post route, the, the the go and then to the post, and it was picked off, right? Uh, probably something that wasn't in Matt Canada's book. <laughs> so right. they might have added or altered or, or tweaked something. But overall, you can't put it, you can't install like 40, 50, 60 plays. You know what I mean? And it's it sucks, man. It's like you just watch... <clears throat> I mean, it's not the Steelers aren't the only ones immune to this. Obviously, I watched the, the Vikings lose to the Bengals. The only change the Bengals had happened to them was Burrow went down, and that's significant enough. But Browning could keep he's keeping the the ship going. The Steelers have had just everything happen in so many different spots, and they didn't have the talent that they needed in a few others. Blow it up. There's some pieces that are still there. At least there's some foundation. You mentioned those guys already. And depending on, you know, Cam Hayward continues to play, I think there might be some players that may not be back next year, like Deontay Johnson. We mentioned Chooks before. They have high-dollar cap uh, hits where you could save some of that cash and you could bring in guys that are like the Cole Holcombs and that if you bring it in, but you can't do it all just free agency, free agency are the guys that nobody, Never either works. somebody else can't afford that you overpay for, or they're the guys somebody else doesn't want. Now that might help in certain aspects when you're filling in a spot here or there, you can't just overhaul and get rid of six guys on each side of the ball. I think it starts obviously with the offensive line. I wish 100%. we can get, I wish we can get a real pulse on Kenny Pickett and a real evaluation. And it's not going to happen unless he can play all of next year and not be under constant duress. So they've got to shore up the, what figure out where Broderick Jones is playing and shore up the other tackle position and get a center. And hopefully Sue Malo and James Daniels live up to their free agent contracts as well. I think you still got the running backs. Uh, if you if you move on from Deontay Johnson, Allen Robinson's like a one year guy, so he's probably gone. You still got Pickens, you still got Austin, and you could probably get another veteran or grab somebody or draft somebody, whatever. And so when's the last there, time they Washington even targeted uh, Austin? <laughs> they haven't. He's quicker, and I I think there was like a play. There was a play like that, and it was Kenny, but that was I, I don't know. It was like so I'm going to second ago. most of what you just said. I 100% agree with you. It's the offensive line that needs to get fixed first and foremost, as well as the defensive side of the ball. But 
you need to start in the trenches, period, right? I think they made yeah. a, an excellent, excellent selection with Keanu Benton. We Absolutely. both agreed with that at the beginning. Um, I, you know, they have to shore up that offensive line, which means, yes, getting rid of Dan Moore or relegating Dan Moore to a backup position, getting rid of Mason Cole, period, um, and finding a center. It's not going to happen in one year, regardless. You're not going to turn this dung heap pile of an offensive line into the best offensive line in the league overnight, right? They have to gel. We already know this, but it's not just them, right? The I, the offensive line coach probably has to go. Yes, thank you. I was heading there. Not only and, just... You know, you, you have to... Again, it's you got to blow it up. The offensive line needs to be blown up. I don't know that every portion of the team needs to be blown up, but there are parts that just need to flat out be blown up, right? And... It is not it let, let me reiterate this. Running plays work well when all eleven players are committed to that play. That is what bothers me about the Deontay Johnsons of the world. And it's what bothers me about what we're gonna watch all week long with George Pickens on this running play, because the running play is the one where Jalen Warren could have scored, but instead gets to the one. Admittedly, they got in. Right. But if you're already out on blocking for running plays because the ball's not coming your way, F you get well, into the team mode. Yeah. And I didn't clearly see that what you're talking about, but I'm just well, going to see it this week. Trust me. Uh, I probably will. And I'm going to roll my eyes at it because you see guys like was it Connor Hayward got tagged with the one penalty with the hold. And you got to be careful of that blindside block. I, somebody goes it just gets past you and within a split second now you're facing your own goal line when blocking or, and stuff like that it, like i could be at least sympathetic to that um but where you go from here as far as like this was a must win and i don't know why like what is the thing do you think mason throws any worse of a pick there do you think he makes any worse of a decision that can get can he deliver the ball to pat fryermuth on schedule and he, you know, he throws the ball deep and George Pickens can't, doesn't win the jump ball. And there's like a number of things there that are just, they're bothersome. And what in the hell is going on with this team and fumbles, at, especially at the beginning of this game with Mitch Trubisky, clearly that was a touchdown and then it's a fumble and then whatever can't be advanced or whatever the, where it's at and whatever and Najee and then all that. And then the officials are talking about it and then it gets reviewed and all that. Just a, that, that was just a mess that put this game out of sync already. It was like, well, damn it. Here we go again. You know what I mean? And, uh, that, the, Trubisky had a nice pass to Deontay Johnson, but you already had like ding off the post and everything like that. And it just felt like this was this was going to be another one of those rough days in the office. Let's look at this, Brian, real quick. You had uh, three and out to start the game after winning the coin toss. Yes, let's put the offense about offense out there. I. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still, I don't have the words to describe that, that I don't involve. This is the F-bomb episode minus the F-bomb. Yeah. Give we me a second saying, to let that process. That is the right way to describe that first series. Just don't say anything. <laughs> and they get a touchdown, 12 plays, 54 yards. They get a, um, there's a missed field goal by the Colts, <laughs> which I don't understand how their kicker is still employed either. He misses two in this game. <laughs> Excuse me. Hopefully not coming down with a cold here myself. Um, blocked punt. Connor Hayward, Nick Herbig, 
way to go. And immediately what I was thinking was they didn't get it in the end zone. We're going to settle for a field goal or no points at all. When we go for it with the analytics and fourth the one, but my favorite part of that was the very first play. We lose four yards. <laughs> it gave some, but that actually helped believe it or not, because it gave like Mitch and Deontay the, if they have one thing down pat, it is that like little hitch route that he has or that little, little quick out, come back to the ball, whatever it be. I mean, Mitch usually creates enough space to pass the ball anyways. People usually look at him and they're like, yeah, look at this. They're like, he could throw the ball downfield. Yeah, he throws it downfield, but he takes like a 10-step drop when he does it off his back feet, makes it a lot harder of a play than it needs to be. And that drives me insane. Uh, so that's two plays, one yard. For the touchdown net the net yards i guess i should say yes uh three plays 19 yards interception and that gives to that gives the ball to the colts on their own 29 um they did get penalized some yards there they end up 13 for 55 before turning it over on downs this game could have been a lot worse is what we're trying to say here. Well, yeah. They got, <laughs> they they got very them. lucky with the one TD that the Colts didn't get. The That's fourth what I'm saying. Stop. That's what I'm saying. And then that too. Uh, like yeah. there's so many points that were left on this. At least it wasn't the Raiders on the Chargers uh, the other night, but it wasn't too far off. At least it was the Steelers got out to whatever and just didn't get curb stomped. Like, I don't even know what, the Raiders and and the other thing is is like the Colts like you said Sermon and uh, um, Tyler Goodson or these guys it's not Jonathan Taylor and even Zach Moss Zach Moss yeah. leaves the game the, Michael Pittman leaves the game and it's just like this Montgomery cat he just runs around does whatever he wants well Downs wasn't really that effective or Pierce or whatever but they didn't have to be they ran the ball thirty four times for it for one hundred seventy yards this is what the Steelers offense was looking like. A month ago, and all of a sudden, it's like it's like the Cinderella thing where they've uh, turned into a pumpkin. Um, well, if you you know you saw it, I, I I commented on this during the game. What in the world was going on where our two running backs get ahead of steam, and the 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 DBs even running into them like it's a like I saw Najee and Jalen Warren go backwards off pits more in this game than I've seen ever. They just got popped. <laughs> I don't I don't get it, man. Um I don't, let's not even finish the first half because how here's another let, let let's actually let's you get like you're up about the 2 minute warning. And let's find the game book here so I can get the exact mo I can capture this moment in time uh for my own just prosperity. Three minutes, 23 seconds remaining. And the Steelers have the ball at, oh, this is after the turnover on uh, the incomplete pass. That's right, fourth and one. So they have it at their own two. And Chooks gets two yards, or not Chooks, I'm sorry. Chooks comes in, they bring in the big package. Harris goes for two yards. Harris goes for four yards. Uh, the deep pass with the pass interference to Deontay for 18 they actually moved the chains it was like hey they they uh passed the ball there you know um so then you got uh jalen warren only two yards alan robinson for five they end up uh punting it here they couldn't even yep. get the three yards this is where he misses fryer muth 
And Indianapolis gets the ball back on their 26 with 44 seconds to go. And immediately there's a pass for 34 yards. And it's just like, damn, like they couldn't get any points here. And they call a timeout. Then you get a pass interference, Joey Porter Jr. And then, Which, uh, by the way, I, it, it is, but it was weak. I thought it was a weak call. Yes, they both had it, but they both had hands on. And a lot of times, if they both have hands on, they don't call it. But the ref is not looking at that, of course. He just sees, and this is this is what I think caused it to be thrown. At the end of it, JP goes, <laughs> right? Like, I'm not doing it. I'm not grabbing him. Don't, don't admit guilt. <laughs> Yeah, players are always doing that. The defenders are at, uh, you know, uh, I think a disadvantage in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he had a hell of a play knocking it out of it. I think it was Mo Ali Cox's hands or one of the tight ends yeah. uh, when they were already missing all of these safeties. But it we was just, only. We know he's handsy. It's, we're going to take some of those. Dude, we know. Well, the real point here is with penalty, three plays, 74 yards, and a touchdown before half where the Colts are going to get the ball back on the road. You took the ball, gave it to your offense with Mitch Trubisky at the helm. Bad coaching. Um, and then the, you get into third quarter. Steelers force a three and out, but Najee, Najee never fumbles. Uh, he got hit with the knee. He still wasn't strong enough with the ball here. They lose the ball, and it's one play. Mulally Cox this time, 18 yards, TD. Yep. They're down 21 to 13 after they were down a point and a half. I mean, this spirals apart with 44 seconds left in the second quarter. And then that's that's all she wrote, dude, because the rest of this is, like, literally, you've got uh, – that was one play for two yards, three plays for a, net, for a minus two, eight plays for 66, and you punt at the end of the third quarter. Net of 36. By the way, because 30 yards and penalties on that series. Yeah, it was choppy, needless to say. But it was a 22-yard punt to Indy 17. He went from the line of scrimmage being the 39 to the 17. That, By the way, that is the punt right there that we were talking about earlier. Yes. The punt that should not have been a punt. The punt that should have been a 57-yard field goal yeah. attempt. Uh, from the 39, in order yeah. for them to even be in field goal range when they're already up, what are they at this point? 24 to 13. This game's still within a clip. At least if Boswell puts one through the uprights and it's 24 16, that's kind of uh, it's a little manageable there. You know, I know you understand you probably, you still, let's, uh, let's bring up the graphics. Okay. 24 minus 16, Brian. Is eight. eight. That's a single score game. That is a now, single score game. Whether they can the, do the it. The only problem is that the next uh, what five series resulted in touchdown, field goal, field goal, field goal, missed, missed field, field goal, goal. <laughs> field goal, and then field goal so, again. You know, yeah, uh, three field goals, a missed field goal, and a touchdown after that punt. I mean, it's just and the Steelers. All they really do is they they threw another pick, turn over the ball on uh, on downs, and then the end of the game. And uh, the over on downs is what uh, is Mason coming in at the end here where it was, you know, what are you going to? Oh, yeah, he got sacked on fourth and seven because Dan Moore Jr. was nowhere within the vicinity of making a play on his guy who made the play on Mason Rudolph. It was it was just ugly. And I mean, geez, I don't know. Um, 
like I said, Tomlin doing that at the very end, like you can't even evaluate Mason Rudolph and whether <laughs> like, is he, is he the guy now? Like, like, what are you, what are you doing? You got the Bengals, you got a divisional game. Uh, the Bengals, you know, they, they got the luck of the draw with Nick Mullins, but they still struggled with the Vikings. And right now, I mean, the Vikings, they're playing with all kinds of house money. You might as well say the same way. They have backups playing as running back. They still have some dudes, Jordan Addison from Pitt, the rookie uh, wide receiver. There's talk of Jefferson, you know, playing, uh, coming back from the injury and stuff like that. And, you know, um, much better team, I would say, all around. Brian Flores is a defensive coordinator. They've been playing better, but they weren't able to slow down. There were some balls that bounced. There were plays that were made. T. Higgins made a phenomenal catch. They're going to be able to make all of those same plays on this Steelers defense as it stands, especially oh, God, now yes. we don't know how serious these other injuries are. The thing is, they both played on Saturday, so they still have the same full week of preparation. Nobody has an advantage, at least from that standpoint. And uh, it, like, can you trot Mitch Trubisky back out there and expect to even compete? I don't know how you can. I mean, let's be honest. If you forget the whole narrative of Tomlin is stubborn and he's going to keep putting Mitch Trubisky out just because they paid him that's baloney um if mason rudolph shows in practice that he's the guy that should be out there then mason rudolph will start the, the real problem is if mitch is the guy how bad did mason look in practice <laughs> well i got i got one better for you um is kenny rushed back to play well and i'm worried about that because they talked yeah. about that at the end, you know, Rich Eisen was saying, Mike Tomlin told us he thinks there's a possibility that Kenny could be back. Is it? Is there any valid reason at this point, right? I, I mean, let's just look at it. We are now 7-7, seven and seven, right? We're in 11th seed, right? So even if we beat the Bengals next week, right? I know CJ's out, so that means that with CJ Stroud out, the Texans are are, are not going to be the same team. They could go on losing streets. I'm just thinking about the other teams at seven fives. The Bills yeah. are playing much better, right? 11 you know, seed out of how many teams in the AFC? Yeah. 16. <laughs> so, so do you want to rush this guy back to try and salvage what? Which gets to the point of what it says at the bottom. In, in my view, and I said this in the last game, the only way they make the playoffs is to win all four games, right? They've now lost one of those four games. That, to me, means they're not making the playoffs. Are they technically eliminated yet? No, but they're going to be when they either lose in Seattle or in Baltimore, <laughs> right? Yeah. If they don't if they get don't eliminated next weekend by losing to the Bengals. they None of the games, they're not going to be favored in a game. They're not, and nor should they be. Nobody should be optimistic that they're going to win one of these games. They might. I don't want to say that they can't win any of these games. Could they beat the Bengals? They always play NFC or AFC North teams better than you expect. So could they beat the Bengals? Sure. When the when they play the Ravens, who at this point may have nothing to play for at that point and probably aren't going to play Lamar in that last game, could they beat the Ravens? They could beat the Ravens with Lamar. They could. Why? Because they know those teams intimately, right? And so they just play differently against AFC North teams. But they're I, I'm just telling you, they're not winning in Seattle. Well, let's throw something out for, you know, the people who aren't the biggest Mike Tomlin fans out there. It's only one year left on his contract, right? Mm-hmm. 2024. 
could yep. they just make this change now? You're talking about not being able to bring in certain coaches. We're talking about let let's start let's start from offensive line coach Pat Meyer probably has to go. Yeah. Uh, how how well do we feel about? Um, uh, you cannot keep the defensive or offensive coordinators at this point. For sure, you cannot keep the offensive coordinators, right? Because they are still trapped. They, they don't have their own playbooks. They're trapped mm -hmm. in the in the playbook of Matt Canada. You have to go outside the organization for an offensive coordinator. Yes, but I'd probably keep Mike Sullivan as quarterbacks coach. I'd probably keep. I have no problem with that. Eddie Faulkner as a running backs coach. Pat Meyer, I'm probably I'm done with. I think they need to scheme something different, and I think that I mean it could help Pat Meyer, but Pat Meyer uh, was a head scratching a uh, uh, kind of. I get guys are around and they're in bad situations. He went, but he was at Carolina, didn't have the best success. I mean, you saw Munchak go to Denver. We're going to hear all the bring Munchak back. They were like 28th or 29th in rush, maybe 30th in the last year that Munchak was here running. The, the offensive line started to fall apart and it really showed like you couldn't play with what, like Matt Filer and, you know, uh, maybe Chris Hubbard. Maybe Chris Hubbard was or wasn't there at that point, but Marcus Gilbert had gotten hurt. And it was starting, uh, guys were starting to show, uh, get long in the tooth as far as their ages. Um, uh, Frisman Jackson, wide receivers coach. I don't know if that's a product of the Met Canada thing or a product of the wide receiver coaching with everything that you said, the way they engage off the ball, the way, uh, what happens when a play becomes busted? What do you do when you finish your route? Do you, are you finishing your route? What does your route tree look like? Heinz like, Ward has to be literally losing his poop <laughs> he has to be look it has been a tradition of the pittsburgh steelers since before um most of the people who are watching this team right now were aware of football that our wide receivers block it was a point of pride that our wide receivers block why because it's how plays work again everybody all 11 players are responsible for making a play work you can't take a play off you just can't. And, you know, we do not have a good set of blocking wide receivers right now. Um, and that needs to change one way or the other, whether it's coaching, which some of this absolutely can be laid at the foot of coaching. If the coaches are not making it a point of emphasis that you have to block and then backing that up that we're, for when they see that poor performance going, guess what? I know Miles Boykin isn't as good as you, but he blocks his ass off. So guess what? He's playing, you know? Um, whatever. Yeah. It, it's pathetic that it needs to be, that's JV high school football kind of stuff. We're in the professional ranks right now. None of that crap should be necessary. <laughs> yeah. Um, continuing on the, um, Tomlin had a quote too, by the way, with the 57 yard field goal, it's just because Mark Caballi of the athletic had retweeted this and said, not a lot of, uh, he went asked about 57 yarder maybe 56 yarder. Not a lot has gone in our way at that juncture. It made me feel good about banging a 57 yard field goal. That's like, you have, what happened to like, when they asked him when he could do something, he would be like, well, I have Ben. It's kind of like, well, we have a Hulk. When you're talking about the Avengers, like, come on, you have a Hulk, you have Chris Boswell. Anyways, secondary, oh, Terrell Austin, defensive coordinator. Out. Don should I mean, I, I can see why they wouldn't have fired him, but Flores should have been in that spot. I'm sorry. Grady Brown, secondary coach. Joey Porter Jr. might save his job. Inside linebackers coach Aaron Curry in his first year with the Steelers. Un unfair evaluation at this point. Look, here's the bottom line. If 
if Tomlin goes, right, if you don't have Mike Tomlin, nobody's safe. Oh, yeah, A new absolutely. head coach may bring in all new guys. He might keep some of them, but he might not. You know, he's going to make his own determinations on who his staff is going to be. Now, so all the all the supposition that we're doing right now has to fall under the assumption that Tomlin's still here. Yes. Yes, which is still my assumption because somehow I think <clears throat> they'll figure out some way to piss off everybody and he'll finish 9 and 7. I, or whatever, I don't see it this nine year. and eight. No, nor do I, my friend. Um, defensive line coach Carl Dunbar. That is a keep this I, guy. That's untouchable at this point. Yes, yeah, he's the, probably the gold standard for lack of better terms. As far as probably the best uh, defense or best overall position coach that they have on these on this entire staff. Yeah. Uh, outside linebackers coach Denzel Martin. They've been doing fine. I don't have a big problem with them. Uh, then there's some defensive quality control coaches, assistant defensive back coaches. His staff isn't very big to begin with, as we know. And then, of course, there's Danny Smith, special teams coordinator, who Danny Smith must be some type of wizard because, like, how did they get, like, another punt, uh, blocked punts, blocked kicks? Like, special teams has been one of the only things keeping them in this game. If they had any semblance of an offense, maybe don't have uh, all the, you know, cursed defense when it comes to trying to keep people on the field you it's interesting danny smith is a, is a uh complex narrative so to speak <laughs> because yes they block punts they look good right but they also have presley harvin who has not gotten better <laughs> i don't understand just make that trend i i made a comment and I was talking about like, what do people expect? And not to you, this was someone else. And I made a comment to about, you can't just, everybody just thinks you could just find somebody off the street. If there's somebody on the street watching football at home in December that isn't already on one of the 32 rosters in the National Football League, they probably don't deserve to be coming off the couch and playing football. So like you just, but that isn't necessarily true in the terms of people who do things with their feet and with a football, right? We've talked about this before. There's only 32 kickers, 32 punters. There might be a few that sh are strewn about on practice squads right now too. So let's just say at most a quarter of the league has one or the, so you have like maybe 40 max. There's probably enough bodies out there to at least give somebody a shot. Uh, it's weird to me, dude, because like when you had like the Zoltan Mescos of the world way back when, and uh, they still haven't gotten punter yeah. right since Sebalvada's right. left. Uh, you can, Mesco, you can name man, everybody. All the, what's that? I said Zoltan Mesco. You're giving me nightmares, man. Well, he was along with Josh Scobie. It was like special <laughs> teams, like, you know, one, two punch. You brought in one of the Colquitt brothers and yep. didn't do any well. And that should have been like, oh, we're going to, they're going to fix this. They're going to fix this spend a, a, a late draft pick, albeit on a Ray guy award winner. This should fix this. It still doesn't fix it. Is that Danny Smith? I mean, I could be, but well, I mean, feels like start back when they drafted Dan Sepulveda, <laughs> right? Like here's a guy they drafted what in the fourth round, maybe, or the fifth round. Oh yeah. Like, he was pretty ridiculously high. high for a punter. Yeah, uh, it's not unheard, unheard of, though. Didn't the Ravens just make a, a move like that, too, recently? Yeah. And the Browns, of course, but the Browns had, like, a lot of middle-round picks. Have we had a punter that we're like, wow, we feel 
super optimistic since the, and I'm not saying Danny Dan Sepulveda was that guy. He wasn't that guy, right? He had like a decent rookie season and then again, downhill. Yeah. <laughs> and and he was a two-time Ray Guy winner. I was looking, yeah. he was a fourth round pick. 112 overall. He was wasn't very far off from the Mason Rudolph spot. But I think the best chances the Steelers like, how do you face anybody and be like, well, we're still going to trot Mitch Trubisky out here. It's like, if, if, if I am, you've seen this with other teams in the league. You just saw the Vikings do this, uh, where they took Josh Dobbs and completely made him like the third stringer inactive emergency quarterback. And they put Mullins in whoever the other dude was as the backup, the Mullins. And then you also had the jets do this, although they went back to Zach Wilson with the Tim Boyle. And then they were like, no, that was a bad idea. But uh, they've been they've been changing things out too, right? And the, the Browns doing all this with finally resting on Flacco after Watson's injury. Like, do you have Rudolph as your starter, or do you have Rudolph as at least the backup? I I don't see any pathway to allowing Mitch Trubisky to touch a football again for the rest of this. If you have any chance in hell of salvaging this season, uh, I mean, you got to look at it from the coach's point irrespective of what we feel and we're like this team sucks they're playing like crap what's the ultimate goal you got to do make the decisions the best way what what is best for this team to give us a chance give us an opportunity to win football games and you got to win football games to make the postseason i don't think you could let mitch trubisky touch the football anymore if you're being honest if you're a coaching staff and you go in that room you just can't Cannot put him in any spot where he's a hitter. You could put Trace McSorley now as the backup to Mason if Kenny's not coming back for next the, week. The fact that Tomlin was asked whether Mitch was going to be the starting quarterback against the Bengals and he was not willing to say that he was tells me that he's not right now. Okay. But they do have to go through a week of practice. If if Mason looks like a piece of hot poo all week long and Mitch looks good. I know you know what we're going to get in the game, but how do you then not, as a as a coach, go? How do I evaluate this if he so looks so bad, and he looks better? Then I have to go with the guy. That's the only way that I can see, right? Other than Mason gets hurt. I kind of wonder. Yeah, Mitch is the guy. I just kind of wonder. The only other reason is like, are there that many plays that are like? I, I dare even use the word like bootleg or some of the motions the rollouts that mason's not capable of capable you, you, of doing at this like, point you just have to tailor the offense for what mason can do but he, look where he played in college i mean it's not like he was incapable i i get that he's maybe not off the charts the same athletic specimen as far as the physical attributes like you know kenny's more athletic mitch is more athletic these guys play multiple sports or whatever be the case but I still think that he's capable of doing some of these things. I, I think that was yeah. part of the in-helmet thing they were talking about. They even called a timeout at one point, trying to get to communication and everything. Uh, that's the only thing I could have thought of. But it's like, you're already, like, at that point in the third quarter after you decide to punt, I think you just kick the field goal. I think you got to, like, make that decision. And you got to make them sit. I'm not going to keep being a broken record on it. It's just, to me, um, going into this game, I just felt there's there's just like what are the chances they could actually win? And all of a sudden it was like, hey, this is this is doing this is okay, right? And this is maybe this is sustainable. Let's 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 remember. Let's look at this again. First first half offensive performance. <laughs> yeah, I have it up. And, too. and remember, go back to what I have said all season long. 
Mitch Trubisky has one drive in him. <laughs> yeah. All right. Three and out, one drive for a touchdown. Two plays because they got the ball at the one. I'm throwing that one out. All yeah. right. For, they didn't do jack there. They at least just they scored a get TD. The ball in a great place. Three plays, three and out, basically. <laughs> or an interception, excuse me. Six plays, punt. Three plays, end of half. That's what you've got with this guy, right? And, and Kurt Warner says, well, the good news for Steelers is the offense showed some life. I'm like, no, they did not. <laughs> they okay. did not show some life. They scored 13 points because of a blocked punt and the one drive that they usually get during a game. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah, nine, and he was 9 of 14, 83 yards, a touchdown, and an interception, outplayed by Gardner Minshew, who was 14 of 21, 185, with two touchdowns in the first half. The He threw 21, Brian, 21 of his 28 passes were in the first half. He only threw the ball seven times in the second half. On the contrary, the Colts ran the ball 23 times in the second half. This is the other part that pained me. And my last and final thought was sitting there watching this defense. Like, what do you think they're going to do? <laughs> they're going to third and four, third and what? Like, it just, it was almost like they're, the, uh, might, might, they, might they be throwing the ball? No, that was like almost like a four to one ratio of, <laughs> or, or three to one, I should say, at least that they were running the ball to, to passing. I would, I would take some of the onus off the defense about the run problems because of the linebackers. If the linebackers that weren't in there weren't supposed to be run-stopping linebackers, Mark Robinson and Landon Roberts should not be a detriment in the run game. <laughs> okay? That's where they should be shining. And that just that, that whole series, uh, you know, it, it, it's not about that. It, they just are getting manhandled mm -hmm. at the at the at the point of attack and i don't think quite honestly that that is i, I don't know how you fix that I, it, you know it certainly is we've, we've we know part of that is the defense has been on the daggone field all game right yeah that was another thing well that was kind of like what i was trying to illustrate too 33 minutes 20 seconds to 26 40 time of possession the yeah. uh, Colts, 372 yards on 65 offensive plays as opposed to 216 yards on 54 plays for the Steelers' offense. Uh, 11 more plays and over 150 more uh, yards. Uh, just That's uh, not going to get it done as lighthearted as I want to be. And we should also just also mention, too, that um, Steelers penalty-wise, I was trying uh. to find... Yeah, I mean, that's the other part of this. Eight penalties for 101 yards. They're always good for one of these games, too, where everything's just ugly. And it's like, if you're going to just be a cluster all the way around the field, why not just throw this on? This will just be, this is like when you go to the ice cream shop, and they ask you what you want. And you're like a little kid standing in front of the counter. It's almost like Chipotle where they keep throwing stuff in your bowl. And like, yeah, I'll take the sprinkles and I'll take like the fudge and put some whipped cream on it. And here's the cherry on top with the penalties. That's what this was, except there, there's one. There's like another one you're going to see on the Twitterverse oh, this week. I don't need to see anything else. Which is Dan Moore getting called for holding around the neck of the guy, 
right? Oh yeah, absolutely. This is, this is the exact same play that never, ever, ever gets called on TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. This is the exact same play that many people pull the rule book out and say, this isn't holding because the rule book says X, Y, and Z. But Dan Moore gets called for it. So again, my problem is inconsistency with the refs. If that's holding, then I'm sorry. You need to just never just lay the flag down on the ground, right? Yeah. <laughs> and go holding on whoever's on 90, holding on who is ever on 56, every damn play. <laughs> yeah, I did have a problem with that. What are you gonna do? Cry over Again, smoked milk at not, that point. That's not why they lost. They're not losing yeah. because the refs. The refs stink. We know the refs stink. They're terrible. They don't do a good job. But they're not costing the Steelers a game right now. The Steelers stink worse than the refs. <laughs> yep. All right, dude. That's gonna do it for us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> and thanks for uh, everybody liked the last uh, the previous show um, before we got to this pregame. A lot of a uh, lot of juice on the Mike Tomlin hot seat. Can this season be salvaged? Doesn't look like it. We said this game would probably tell you a lot about what was going to happen and unfortunately you know they're playing in a they're playing in a they're playing in conditions that you know there's a lot of Steelers fans there um it's there's no weather it's artificial turf and it's probably against uh an equally matched opponent as far as when you're talking about like Gardner Minshew is your quarterback no Jonathan Taylor no real major superstars on that defense and just total collapse it just tells you where they're at. So, yep. and no amount of tanking, even a seven win team at this point, seven and 10, it's probably still not in your top 10 picks. So, probably not. Sorry, folks, going to burst your bubble. They did just well enough to begin all of this to not get somewhere else to get your dream draft pick. And, you know, people have a lot of opinions about what to do with this team, but we're going to save the rest of that for later. Just uh, mainly speaking about what can be done now not a whole hell of a lot unless they get some bodies off of the, you know, it's the bring out your dead cart from Monty Python. And, uh, oh, what dead? <laughs> I, I like, feel happy, but, but I'm not dead. Quiet. You. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Steelers in a nutshell right there. It was like, um, uh, somebody had put the pirates of the Caribbean. They had put, um, on Johnny Depp's face, the Steelers logo, and it was like, but we still are in the playoffs. <laughs> You're not a playoff team, but we still are in the playoffs. Well, we can't even do that now. So can't do that anymore. No, nope, not at all. Although with the Saturday game, there's some other things that are still going to shake. They might move up Absolutely, from 11 though. They might move up from 11. So we'll see what ends up happening. My name's Joe. His name's Brian. Till next time, folks, we encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good. And we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com.